So you thought the UCLA football team was in a rebuilding phase, then wait until you hear about this men's basketball first opponent for UCLA. And by the way, that men's basketball team opens up the season tomorrow. Rest assured, a lot of discussion about UCLA as they get ready to open things up in Poly Pavilion. And with that, we welcome you in to a Tuesday episode of Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. You knew that. You can find me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. You can email the show, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. You can hit that subscribe button wherever you digest your podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. And it goes without saying how much I appreciate all of you for tuning in and your time, I don't take for granted. So I very much appreciate and am grateful once again for all of you checking all of this out. Tell your friends, tell your family, and again, appreciate your support. Before I tell you what is on the menu for today's show, a little bit about me. I am a co-host for UCLA's Coaches Show, powered by Learfield IMG College, which is actually airing tonight. So it's called the Bruin Insider Show You might be aware of this. It's with former UCLA quarterback Wayne Cook and Nick Cope, and we do this thing on UCLA's campus on Tuesdays. It's going to air on the radio in Los Angeles tonight, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on AM 570. And if you miss it or you're not in the market, you can always go to uclabruins.com and Go and check out the archived shows for the Bruin Insider Show. All right, enough about me. Let's get right into what's going on. And because the football team is in the midst of a bye week, the media availability for the football guys at this point early in the week is a bit scarce. And with men's basketball taking center stage this week on campus, I felt like it's important that we designate a lot of time to that. And yes, we're talking women's basketball as well in the final segment because they're actually going to be the first team in basketball to play a, a meaningful game at Poly Pavilion as the women's squad is actually opening up their season tonight against a team that is struggling to say the least. But first, let's start with basketball. And yesterday, Mick Cronin and a handful of his players addressed the media as they prepare for their season opener. And it's coming up on Wednesday. Believe it or not, it is tomorrow. Mick Cronin, first-year head coach for UCLA, is going to walk through the tunnel with family and friends in attendance, he says, leading on this new era of Bruin basketball. And Mick Cronin, you know, was asked a lot about what to expect from this game, you know, how much have you studied your opponent, and, and, and what are your expectations for this first game? He said, you know, honestly, what I want to see is unnecessary mistakes, bad, you know, avoiding bad shots, ill-advised passes, the ticky-tack fouls. He said, honestly, you can practice all you want, but for habits to really become second nature on the court, you've got to get game experience. And that includes improving as a defense, which has sort of been his focal point, which has been well-documented this training session leading in to the season in fact he said you know you could get as good as you want as a defense in practice but there's no shortcut from playing game action 
And so something to keep an eye on there. Also, the assist numbers were very nice. However, other than Tiger Campbell, who is basically the natural one, the natural point guard on this team, Mick Cronin was asked, like, who could we see potentially filling in that role as well in this game? And he has not ruled out Prince Ali. Now, if you, you followed the exhibition game last week, Prince Ali came out of the game with what was dubbed a sprained ankle. And after checking out Ali, the doctors, and then Mick Cronin speaking Monday afternoon, so that would be yesterday, he was not ready to rule out Prince Ali. However, he said in Coach Cronin that he's not one to to play guys necessarily that can't practice. So he wanted to see, because his media availability session on Monday was before practice, we're not unfortunately going to get to hear what Cronin saw from Prince Ali leading into the game. So it might be a bit of a surprise for us, but he, he said, look, if he can handle the pain and, you know, he's going to be all for getting him some game action. Another player who is due for some game action, Sharif O'Neal. Does that last name sound familiar? I'm sure it does. It is the son of famed Hall of Fame NBA center Shaquille O'Neal, who, by the way, is going to be at the game tomorrow. So he'll have some family and friends around him circulating, Pauley Pavilion. So be on the lookout for Shaq. But what I found so telling from this media session yesterday was, and we'll talk more about what Sharif O'Neal said in that session, but it was what Mick Cronin said about Sharif that caught my attention the most. It was that one soundbite that I'm going to remember probably more than any other thing that was uttered in Mick Cronin's 15-minute press conference with reporters. And that was describing the temperament of Sharif O'Neal. Saying, quote, his attitude is awesome. He loves coaching. He never views coaching as criticism. He wants it, and he thought that that will accelerate his growth. A coach's dream. I love that because you're obviously trying to sift as a coach through all sorts of different personalities. And you kind of have to individualize your coaching to each one. Because egos get involved, guys get defensive, right? And you're trying to get points across. And ultimately, it's nothing to be personal or to feel like it's it's a personal attack. I mean, this is all for the betterment of you as a player and all for the betterment of the team. And I just think that not only does that, uh, that really stand and glows from what McCronin said about Treef O'Neal, but it's the fact that he is the son of one of the best NBA players to ever grace this earth. I mean, how many times, and this, I'm not the first one to admit this, but how many times do you have the son of a celebrity who isn't narcissistic and feels like everything is theirs and and they can get whatever they want and hard work isn't deserved or is needed and you know basically they get whatever they want but this is a welcome reprieve from that and that is what Sharif O'Neal is he's a hard worker 
And I think it's so cool to see how he's able to distance himself from his dad in that way. And he was also asked, was Sharif, about does his dad become a distraction? And he said, not now. He said when he was younger and Sharif was playing in these high school tournaments and and growing up, obviously having Shaq attending the games, the attention from the crowd wasn't necessarily on Sharif. It was on, oh my gosh, Shaq's here. And everybody sort of try to go up to him and get autographs and and all of that stuff and it took away from the the attention of his son's game and I'm sure Shaq might have been a little bit fed up with it because he's there just to watch his son maybe not to get you know get mobbed by fans and all that but it was interesting that Shreef said nowadays it's not a distraction because he says that that Shaq his dad is more Let's his son do his own thing. He says, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know, you're going to learn on your own. And Shaq said that he is that way because Shaq's dad was that way and did not get in the way or try to influence him. Or, you know, obviously as a father, Shaq is going to be very supportive of Sharif and words of wisdom and all of this stuff. But let me just say this. You're not going to get another LeVar Ball situation. Okay, thank goodness, right? So this is a complete 180 from that. A supportive father, but who is not going to overstep his boundaries. And he's going to let his son thrive on his own and learn from his mistakes. Coming up in just a moment, I'll tell you why Mick Cronin says it's hard to learn anything about their opponent tomorrow in Long Beach State. But back to Sharif O'Neal, according to Cronin, some of the biggest things he needs to work on is he's one of many players on this team that is having to rework his shooting mechanics. That was pointed out by Mick Cronin. Also, he likes Sharif's ability in his touch from 15 feet and inside but eventually you're going to see a more well-rounded Sharif O'Neal who, but it's so funny because as as father and son, Shaq and Sharif, their games could not be more polar opposite. It's so interesting because here's Sharif who's going to step out and knock down a jump shot and his dad was not that way, obviously. It was a much different back to the basket, just pound you inside and stuff the ball in your face. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yesterday, Mick Cronin was asked about his defense and where he thinks it is coming into tomorrow's game against Long Beach State. And Cronin said, well, it's as good as I think it should be at this point in the season. And again, rest assured that this is going to be a defense that is going to be a work in progress, right? And there will be changes to it and improvements throughout the course of the season. But I got to say that this opponent they're playing, 
Long Beach State. Now, they played UCLA last year, and the Bruins won. But you cannot go back to last year's tape and say, oh, okay, now I know exactly what the beach are all about. Because, as Mick Cronin pointed out, this is a completely different Long Beach State team. They have 11 new players, which Coach Cronin admitted that is unheard of. And how in the world are you supposed to scout them when there's no uniformity on the team and they had one guy back who was a a starter for 17 games, so he was not even a full-time starter. And even though it's hard to gauge what Long Beach State is going to be like, Cronin did point out that they do have continuity at their head coach in Dan Monson, who is going to be entering his 30th season as a Division I head coach and is always of the principles of, of turning the ball over, aggressive defense, pressing and denying, as Mick Cronin pointed out. But just to kind of give you an idea of what this makeshift roster is going to look like for Long Beach State and how much turnover there is, they return just 15 points per game from last season as far as point production and guys on the team. That is about 20%. That is the lowest that Dan Monson has had in his tenure with Long Beach State. And it ranks as one of the lowest in the nation. In fact, it is fifth lowest as total points. And then the 20.2%, to be technical with you, is the sixth lowest in total percentage in the nation in amount of points coming back after a prior season. To set the standard here for UCLA, they return about 48% of their scoring production from last season. They, of course, lost their top three scores, so you won't see Chris Wilkes or Jalen Hands or Moses Brown. And UCLA will return about 57% of their rebounding production from a season ago. Now, as much as there is going to be a lot of new faces out there for both teams, the one thing you can count on with Dan Monson is that they have really good play at the point guard position. And what he has done is bringing a guy, a transfer, Colin Slater, who is formerly from Tulane, and it was redshirted last year with the beach and is going to be assumed as the starting point guard. And if you think about all of Long Beach State's long lineage of point guards, I mean, they have had guys that have been first or second team all-conference in nine of the last 10 seasons. So the one thing they do do is they develop good ball handlers. They might not keep the guys around, or they might have to deal with all sorts of turnover and changes to the roster, but they do get a lot of efficiency out of the point guard spot. So I'm looking at that matchup with, with Slater and Tiger Campbell as going to be very interesting for Wednesday's game against Long Beach State. And then, of course, Mick Cronin said, look, because we don't have a lot of tape on Long Beach State, it's okay because one of his assistants... On UCLA, Rod Palmer spent 11 seasons as an assistant coach at Long Beach State, including four as the associate head coach. So if there's anyone who knows about inside knowledge about 
the beach. It's going to be Rod Palmer, and I'm sure he is going to reveal everything that he knows about Dan Monson coach teams and what he's trying to accomplish. So a, a major advantage there in the scouting department for UCLA to have a former disciple of Dan Monson and Rod Palmer on his staff. I got to tell you, we talk a lot about men's basketball, but the women's basketball team, they deserve some love too. And tonight, they're at Pauley Pavilion. 7 p.m., they are going to tip off their season against Weber State. And the Bruins, under head coach Corey Close, preseason ranking number 11 in the country. So there is a lot of hype attached to this Bruins team that is very youthful. Five freshmen, three sophomores, and they're taking on a Weber State team that, let me just say this, don't put too much stock in this team because in an exhibition game, they lost to a non-Division I squad in Western Colorado by a score of 58-49. to So that's not a great start to a season. If you're a Division I club like Weber State and you're out dropping, dropping L's to non-D1 schools before the season even starts. So this ball game could be a blowout in a hurry, and a lot of that could be based on how Michaela Onionware plays, and she's obviously the team's top returning scorer for UCLA, averaging 18 points per game, almost nine rebounds, so you, you got her around the double-double area. And then Lindsay Casaro, who was Pac-12 all-freshman team last year, she averaged about seven points, four rebounds, and had an 18-point game against Tennessee back in the NCAA tournament last year. This Bruins team, they were written off last year at the beginning of the year because they lost so much talent, and they were able to find themselves all the way into the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. So an outstanding job for them, and also outstanding for them to get Japrice Dean back, who was granted another year of eligibility. And she comes back as the the third returner as far as scoring is concerned. She averaged 14 points per game and five assists for the Bruins. So she was the third highest scorer, I should say, on the Bruins a season ago. But a lot of talk is about their top 10 recruiting class. They've got McDonald's All-Americans, and they've got two of them, a couple other bigs as well, some great players adding to the defensive fold as far as they specialize in hounding defense on the perimeter. And then you've got the transfer. We're going to see Natalie Chu, who's coming over from Baylor. And she's got a ton of experience, 64 games, 21 starts for the Bears. So it'll be nice to have, with all of that inundation of youth, to have some, some really nice veterans in the fold to help balance things out. And one thing to keep an eye on in this game is the Bruins are so good at offensive rebounds. They were tops in the Pac-12 last year in offensive rebounds. at 17 offensive rebounds per game. They were second in the NCAA. You keep doing that, you're going to skyrocket up the standings and you're going to make yourself a deep run again in the NCAA tournament. And I'll finish off with... A couple notes from two of their scrimmages that UCLA took part in. Now, these were not visible to the public, but the Bruins were able to travel up to Spokane. They beat Gonzaga by six points. Michaela Onionware had 24 points. 
And freshman Charisma Osborne had it, had 12 points and went 8 for 8 from the free throw line. And, and then there was another scrimmage that UCLA women took part in, and they squeaked by Louisville 67-66. And a ton of Bruins were in double figures for scoring. Onionware, Osborne, Chu, Corsaro, and Owens. So there were tons of balanced scoring for this team. And look, they know how to take down any other top dog. They beat seven ranked opponents from last year. And so I would not expect anything less from this team this year. Again, they tip off at Poly Pavilion at 7 p.m. tonight against Weber State out of the big sky. But I got a feeling this game is going to be a bloodbath favoring UCLA. This final score might not be pretty. It's going to be very one-sided, and you almost feel sorry for Weber State because why in the world would they schedule themselves to come here and then just take on a beatdown like they will? Coming up tomorrow, UCLA men's basketball team hoping for a beatdown of Long Beach State. We will prime you on some of the other storylines and get you a little bit more info on this beach team and what we think they could look like during this game. Again, thank you all for your time. Appreciate it. Never take it for granted. For Locked On Bruins, I'm Brian Fenley.